Yeah, your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yo. Your mental matters ain't a simple pattern. We need to have a central chatter. Food for thought, grab a platter. My mental ain't for rental. I'm a central man, it's simple. I'm a ripple in the rip though. I don't wanna sick my ship, so gotta know your mental. Black life is hard, I don't resent though. Feelings really real, we should present those. Talk about it, you should know your mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yeah. Hey, cool. Hello and what up, though, everybody? We are back with episode some number, I forget, that comes after 60. We're going to call it 61. Episode 61 <laughs> of the Mental Matters podcast uh, featuring your two favorite co-hosts, Jarrell and Richard. Jarrell, what's going on, brother? I'm doing all right. It's, uh, it was a bad snow day today in Detroit, but um, uh, I did clear out a pathway to like take my trash can down to the end of the driveway. So I did that much, and then I came back in and finished working from home. So they picked up the trash, so I guess uh, I did the right thing. <laughs> Dude, I literally had to deal with a neighbor that got stuck in her – she couldn't move her car, so I had to mm-hmm. drag a snowblower, which I thought later, like, I don't need to drag a snowblower. I have a snowblower. Mm-hmm. Why are you dragging it to get to them? Plow your way over there, Richard. You don't right, do right. <laughs> You had that, and then you had the neighbors trying to be friends with you so you can shovel their stuff because they got a shovel, you got a snowblower. That's awkward. And mm-hmm. I just don't like awkward conversations. Like, I'm already very, very personable. So, mm-hmm. like, you shouldn't need to be awkward to talk to me. Just say, hey, hi, what up, though, whatever. And I'm like, oh, hey, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So, that was awkward. Plus, I caught frostbite. That was complete trash. But um, yeah, we made it through the snowpocalypse of 2021. Um, hopefully. But mm-hmm. it was actually funny because mm-hmm. somebody I had spoke with, I think they stay in either Dallas, Texas, or Houston, Texas. One of them places in Texas. I've never been okay. And they were saying, oh, yeah, it's snowing really. It, the weather's getting bad. And it's 100, 130-something car pile up north of Texas. But that'll never get here. <laughs> and now you hear all <laughs> over social media, all over the news, like, oh, my God. We got really bad snow all throughout Texas. It's like, told your ass. Don't <laughs> doubt Mother Nature. Y'all ain't been sitting in the house. She was like, what up? Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. I'm just thankful that we got the tools and things we need to get things done here. And, um, you know, but I will tell you this, all these snowstorms, et cetera, it make it real easy to just be like, I'm hungry. I want some food. Like, I really just want (laughs) to, I don't want to order it. Like, I just want to make a bunch of stuff. And, you know, for me, cooking kind of makes me happy. Like, I don't know why, but it just does. So, I had this dope idea. I said, why don't we get mm-hmm. a chef, somebody that just be chefing like all over the internet and just going crazy <laughs> with the meals, et cetera. And I have been following this lady for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, I'll try to introduce her, but I think she do a better job introducing herself. Um, <laughs> Madam just add hot sauce herself. <laughs> Not <laughs> Madam just add hot sauce. Madam just add hot sauce underscore 
Underscore. Sorry, I forgot the underscore. Underscore, because Instagram wouldn't let me be great, <laughs> but you know. Exactly. Chef yeah. Alex, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. I am blessed and highly favored. Okay. Praise God. That's important. That's important. <laughs> that is yeah. it. So you have a huge connection with food, and we'll get into all that, I promise. But for those that don't know you or what I even just said as far as your Instagram handle, maybe they're going to look right now. But yeah. tell the people about who you are, what you about. So I'm Alex. Um, I'm originally from the DMV area. I am a home cook and a cooking instructor and recipe developer. I don't call myself a chef because I did not go to culinary school. So I don't want to take that, you know, name from anyone because I, I, I'm not classically trained, but I'm self-taught and my, my mom taught me how to cook when I was younger. But mm-hmm. um, I love cooking. I started cooking when I was 12. Um, my mom, who's a single mom, she kind of saw that I really loved to cook whenever she was in the kitchen. So she started to let me cook a recipe a weekend and I didn't really slow down. So um, I wanted to go to culinary school, but of course, parents being parents, which I totally get, my mom was like, hold up now. I know, but you know, really want you to go to a four year. So I went to Hampton, um, but I still love to cook. I cooked for my friends in school. Like I made mac and cheese. It was taco night. Like I, like I, I was always cooking. And so after I graduated, I majored in public relations and marketing. I still ha- kind of had that knack I was like damn I was like I really want to go to culinary school but I don't want to get into that fuck can I cuss sorry I was like I don't want to get in that fucking debt like because I already had school debt from Hampton and culinary school was mm-hmm. going to be like another 40k so I was like I can't I can't do that I was like that's just too much and I already have that natural given talent So just, you know, I tried to perfect, not perfect it, but I, I'm a student. And so I'm still a student to this day. Um, so I started my food blog in, in 2017. And I love that this is a mental health podcast because I got imposter syndrome, quit that for a second. And was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like I I can't do this. And then, yeah. Yeah. Imposter syndrome is real as fuck. So then, you know, so then. I feel like I'm doing long story long, but, um, what was I saying? But yeah, I started, I got that bug again. I was like, fuck it. I was like, I'm just gonna do it. This is what I love to do. Like, I love to share my, my passion of cooking. And so, especially with my friends, that's like my love language. And so then I started cooking with friends in 2019 and then the pandemic hit. I did my first in-person cooking class in January, 2020. Cause I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go all, all out for it. That's I, was like, right. I was like, fuck it. I was like, I'm just going to do it. Like I love to cook. That's how, that's how I show love to my friends, to my partner. Like that's how I show love. So I was like, fuck it. And then the pandemic hit and I was, and I travel a lot. Like I have a day job. If I'm talking too much, like just let me know. So you fine girl. Keep okay. going. <laughs> like, well, the pandemic hit, it was me and my boyfriend. And I was like, well, this is kind of the time because like I would put food pictures out like here and there it would get like a little bit of like something likes matter but you know you're on social media it does and so I was like 
I was like, well, I was like, well, I'm just going to cook. I was like, all the recipes I've written down, all the recipes I wanted to try, all the recipes I've thought up in my head, I'm just going to do. And I just kept posting and people keep reposting. And then it was just kind of the community kind of happened naturally. And so I'm here. So, and this is what I've always wanted to do. So I guess that's the longest explanation of what I do. And listen, I think you hit some very, very strong points. Yeah. Before I get into what those points are, and she has wine, ladies and gentlemen. So (laughs) judge your mama. Um, You and Jarell, I think, share a very similar passion because I always joke with him about, like, I always tell him he'll put jerk season on anything. But then he'll pop up and be like, here are my thousand other recipes for everything else. I'm like, did you write them down? It's like, well, <laughs> I kind of just, I want to go there and write them down. I just haven't. And so uh, I know that you and Jarella share a very similar passion in terms of your cooking. And I can see, you know, whether it be Jarell popping up with a hot plate of like some jerk chicken wings and some white rice. Yeah. That has happened, by the way, within the last like six months. Um <laughs> Like he'll literally just be just happy, he'll flow. It's just like it just does something for him. So just from your story just now, I can tell that you and Fool have a Baltimore love thing. Got it. I'm funny. I'm not. Okay. But um so kind of you kind of took us on this journey about how you got started. And you mentioned something about imposter syndrome. Um, can you touch on that just a little bit? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, social media is is a weird thing. It, it's I love it, and I also hate it because yeah. I love it for what like the community and and everything that I've grown. And honestly, it, it hasn't even been me that's grown it. It's like everyone else that follows me or like my community, my friends, like their network. That's how this is this that's how this has grown Mm -hmm. but you know imposter syndrome is the fucking devil Um, (laughs) so when I started my blog in 2017 I was like okay and I work in marketing like my background has been marketing for 10 years and so I was like I think it was getting to me like I didn't know how to take pictures like I didn't like and you start everyone starts from somewhere like you learn from somewhere so it's like you can't really you know like knock yourself but like that gets in your head of like you see other people and then you start to compare and then imposter syndrome kicked in and I was like well I'm not a chef like I'm not like I'm a home cook like I know I cook good food but it was like should I not do this anymore like I was getting like because you know obviously analytics for the website and it was like 70 a month like 70 UMVs and I was like I was like why? I was like, fuck this. I was like, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't know if I want to do this. Like, it's just a lot of work, but I, I love like cooking. So it's like, should I just not do it anymore? And then, yeah, imposter syndrome is real. It's like, but you have to remember that like, you're one of one. So like, who cares? Like, what does it matter? You know? So and there was an artist mm-hmm. that said that in a song that came yeah. out in 2020 on a mixtape. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a Detroit head, so I, I just know these things. Yeah. Big Sean, uh, Deep Reverence, he mentioned 
We all just one-on-ones, literally. So, and I think you bring up a value point with that, Alex, is that, you know, when we decided in 2017, <laughs> we started in 2017 and said, we're going to, let's start a podcast. Why not? I mean, we'll yeah. see how it goes, right? And if people rock with it, they rock with it. If they don't, then <laughs> what the hell over, right? Yeah. And here we are 10,000 streams later, you know, going to 2021 in the middle of the pandemic. You know, we've been, and, and Jarrell, you can, you can attest to this. We didn't been kicked out of so many damn studios. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I think some of them we left, though. Uh, we left well, a few of them. Okay, so let's talk about that. You have the imposter you know, syndrome is where you start to think, like, maybe I'm not, I'm not podcast material. I'm not a, a Dustin. I'm not a Crystal. I'm not a yeah. XYZ Blase Splee. Yeah. But, you know, for me, it was the point in time where I actually met Dustin and I was like, this is what I'm thinking, podcast all the while. And he literally turned to me and was like, I think he was kind of drunk too. But he was literally like, yo, that shit is dope. Yeah. And I was like, Dustin said my shit dope. <laughs> and so <laughs> I quickly got over that imposter syndrome just from one person that at one point in time I looked up to and said, Okay, I got some here. Yeah, Jarrell, we still doing this. You ready? Let's go. Yeah, and we just kept the ball rolling, and it's what you love to do for you. But yeah, and that's what really—if you have a passion for it—it's naturally going to show. And someone asked me the other day, like, you know, how do you grow your following? And I was like, I can't even fucking tell you. Like, (laughs) I can't even tell you. Like, like if people can see that you're passionate about something, like people are going to show up, like your community mm-hmm. is going to grow. Like it's like, if you're just doing it because like, Oh, I want to get followers or like, I want to, like, I want to do this. I'm like, no, like, like I truly love cooking. And so it's like, I'm just showing my passion with the world and like good stuff is happening. Of course, like press and like, like partnerships, but I, I honestly just want people to cook. Like that's my whole mission is for because I really do feel like especially millennials because how old are you guys? I am. <laughs> huh? I'm thirty. I'm thirty-one. I just turned thirty. I'll be thirty-two this uh, summer. Okay, so I'm thirty-two, and like and I'm I thirty. Like, I just turned thirty like two weeks ago. Oh well, happy belated. But like when you're cooking, like I feel like now, like we're at the age of like okay, like we have the recipes that our mom taught us, or like we have the recipes that like oh yeah. I got that down packed. Like I got that recipe, but now it's like, you kind of want to elevate yourself. You want to try different things. And like, I also get annoyed. Like black people eat other food than just fucking soul food. Like we eat other food and like we cook other food. So it's like, why don't I see someone on the food network that looks like me that cooks all these type of different things. And so my, my whole mission was like, I just want people to cook and feel confident in the kitchen because like, it's not as hard as you think. Like you can have Greek night and you don't have to like, it's not so many steps or so many ingredients, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to perfect uh jollof rice, but we'll, we'll get into that another now day. Now that's I- a whole different, like <laughs> I've made it once. I've made it once. I love jollof rice, but it's like, it, that, you have to have like, you have to have an African grandmother that like- is- See- I don't know if I do. That's I need to do my ancestral DNA piece. But uh, yeah, we 
I'm a, I'm a buggy for recipes. Don't worry. We're going to okay. put them together. You. Um, so you touched on something in terms of, you know, you, you come into your age and you're like, I can make all these different things. Can you kind of take us through, you know, you mentioned that you had your first, you know, Cooking with Friends event in January of 2020, which is just over a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hit. But you still found a way to encourage people to try new recipes and you know if it don't taste right add salt or just add hot sauce right (laughs) (laughs) like so can you kind of talk about like you know cooking and mental health like what does that do I guess we'll start with you I know my wife is the cooker not that I can't cook I let's get this clear my daddy was from the south he showed me some things before he left this place and I was like I can make his collard greens. What else yeah. can we do, right? Yeah. But like for you in particularly, how did cooking either positively or impact or negatively impact your mental health? Um. Oh, deep question. Hey, listen. Uh, the people want to know. Honestly, for me, um, my mom. My mom and my dad is a great cook. He has his tried and true recipes. Like he doesn't stick. He like he's the grill master. He does a really great chili, and he like he he doesn't steer away from like those recipes. But my mom is like the best cook ever. Like she taught me how to cook. So like, but for her, I think that's where I get. I obviously that's where I get my love of cooking from because, you know, that's how we came together. She cooked for us. It was like, that's how you show love. And and I think that's a universal language through food is like, you show love through food. Like, if you think about it, like when you're at a funeral, you eat. Like when you're at a birthday party, you eat. A wedding, you eat. Like it's all celebrating like a great thing, you know? And so for me, I think that's obviously how I show love, but like, that's also how I decompress from the day. Like I... It's weird. Like a lot of people, are like, oh my god, do you listen to music? And I'm like, I honestly don't because I don't think about anything else but like what I'm making. And it's like for me, like I I zone out. Like I don't think about anything. Like and that's and I think the kitchen is a really good place to take out anger and take out stress and like and and just get all your frustrations out of the through the through the damn celery or the onion that you're cutting. And it's like you know, like it's like fuck my boss. <laughs> You know, like so. They cut this carrot. I'm about to show him. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's like whoa. <laughs> and it's like sometimes I don't. And it's I think it's a step by step process that people love. And for me also, like I love to just see something fully come to life through like from step one to like the final execution. And and that's how I look at cooking. And then when obviously the best part is when someone tastes your food and like oh my god that was so good. And like mm. I think everyone well, everyone does have that certain dish that their mom or their grandmother or their auntie to make. And you're just like, damn, that, that's like home. That's home for me. And so, yeah, cooking for me is just, it's self-care. Like I, I say that in every cooking class, like my intro is like cooking is self-care for me. And it's like, that's how I decompress from the day. Like sometimes I don't cook every day. Cause like sometimes like, I don't want to spend all, all, all night in the kitchen after I worked or after I did a cooking class. Like, so yeah, I mean, it's, I think once people really start to feel that it's not such a, like a mundane, like, like thing, they will really get into it. 
So before I get too far in the weeds here, um, I think that it's only right. This is the Mental Matters podcast where we talk about, you know, how to man up properly for the community, why black why black people's mental health matters. But ultimately, more personal to you, talked about how food is personal to you. And I asked a question about the food and mental health piece, but I want to know, I think that people want to know, why does your mental matter to you? Oh my God, I mean, as black people, we're fucking like... I cuss so much. I just realized I cuss. <laughs> I really have to work on it. I, I have a potty mouth. I mean, it's like when somebody sleep, like fall asleep at your house. You know, if somebody just be like, and let me can tell you, that's yeah. how we know we family. So now you're the cousin. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I mean, I think black people in general, like we wear such an armor. It, especially black men. So like our me- like our mental, I feel like we always have to be strong and that's not the case. Like like sometimes I even feel myself talking differently in front of a white person like at, mm. you know at, not at the at the like somewhere pre pandemic. But it's like you feel yourself change because like I don't want them to be intimidated. <clears throat> Or I don't want them to feel a certain way. And it's it's fucking exhausting. Like I have, yeah. my boyfriend is dark, dark, dark with long dreads. And it's like, he, hey. you know, and it's like, he even sometimes will say like, you know, when I see a, a white woman walking down the street, like I intentionally, like I have to slow down because I don't want her thinking I'm speeding up to do anything or my normal pace is intimidating. You know, and it's uh, it, it, for me, like your m- mental health, like I, I started seeing a therapist two, two years ago and okay. wherever this goes, I need everyone to go see a therapist. It's the best thing. It's the best thing I've ever done in my life because it's like, it's your mental health is so important. Cause like those thoughts in your mind, like you can drive yourself crazy. And it's like, if you don't learn how to take care of that and prioritize yourself, like I, that's how bad things happen, you know? And it's like, I have a lot of family members that suffer from depression and that runs in my family. And it's like, if you, and I am totally, I'm I'm an advocate for um, antidepressants, like totally an advocate, but it's like, that's them showing up for themselves. And it's like how, so for me showing up for myself, is cooking or showing up for myself is like boundaries is like not answering my phone after 10 o'clock. Like it's mental health is just, and as black people, like we show up every day so fucking strong that sometimes you need a second to like break. And, and like that, that therapy is really, it was the best decision of my life. Yeah. Amen. Praise yeah. him. See, <laughs> therapy, ladies and gentlemen, if you learn nothing else from this podcast, it's therapy. Therapy. I've seen an Instagram account. Like your friends, your friends are biased. Your mom's biased. Your partner's even biased. Like your partner is supposed to give you the realest shit. Like my boyfriend will give me the realest shit. I'm like, "Mm, I fucking hate you right now. But (laughs) you know, so like therapist is an unbiased opinion. And it's just like, where you feel like you can just like be, say anything. And just be like, okay, like, fuck, like, I'm, I remember I was on my, cause I went, 
um, to therapy because I needed to get the fuck out of my house. I was like, I've been in my house for three days straight. I have therapy. So I was like, I'm just going to go sit on the roof. Mind you, it was snowing. Like it was, it was, yeah, I sat on my roof because I was just like, and she had me scream out loud something. And I was the, like, the minute I got off the phone, I felt so much better. Mm. And it was literally God being like, because if I think if I was in my house screaming at the top of my lungs, like my neighbors probably would have been like, she okay? But like the fact that like, I think God told me like, just take therapy outside today. Like just go outside, get some fresh air. And like, she had me repeat something. And then she was like, say it louder. And I was like, I was like, well, I am outside. So fuck it. But you know, so yeah. That's probably one of the most religious responses I've got to that question. I don't think I was ready, but <laughs> I love it because it just kind of shows the essence that, and one of the constant things we want to get out of this is that even though the responses may be slightly different, it always comes back to about self. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we as black people don't own that mental health starts with self. Yeah. Like, job is this and that is that. But it's then a third, it's like, well, how did you react to it? Like, this is about you. Your mental matters because it should matter to you. Yeah. And I, I can't add to your response. I think <laughs> I think you pretty much nailed it in the, like, on the head. It's just that everyone has their own story about mental health, how it impacted them. Um, and I can go on and on about how it impacted me. But this is about you <laughs> and your cooking. And you know I want to get into the food things. Yeah. So... And, and, and I know that everybody has their, like you mentioned, their, their, their go-to recipe that's like, some days I might feel adventurous. I might want to just use all the basil in the world. And instead, I might want to just take it there. I might yeah. even want to make rhubarb or something. Yeah. But some days it's like, I want to bring it back home and I want to just make, bam. For you, what is your, and I know mine is, is the fact that I like to eat drills jerk chicken, I already said this like a thousand times. But for you in particularly, mm-hmm. what is your your staple thing that you just like can't nobody mess with me on this? I am the queen of making this thing. Oh my god, I don't know. What? I'm trying like first thing that comes to mind. What is it? I would say oxtail, but there we go. I learned this recipe from my cousin, who's an amazing cook too. But like, I'm trying to think like what, you know, macaroni and cheese. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. There is no escaping. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, the reason why I say this is because my mom is Puerto Rican. She's not. She's well this can be a whole other different topic she's black but she like you know how some people are like oh but i'm black i'm not black but like mm-hmm. you got off the boat first like you're still black like that's you're, there, listen like you're still you got off the boat first you just got off the boat first so like my mom's puerto rican and like she i don't know how she found out about this recipe i don't know how she like even made it but like I grew up very heavily on my Puerto Rican side. So like all my aunts, like we were always like, like Thanksgiving, there was always rice. Like, like there was always pork. Like there was always like the Puerto Rican roast pork. Like I grew up very heavily on my Puerto Rican side. And so what, but every Thanksgiving or like Christmas, my mom would make this mac and cheese. And I was like, 
no my mom makes the best mac and cheese like she's not a black grandmother she's not a black auntie or a mom like she's like Puerto Rican speak Spanish all that shit but her fucking macaroni and cheese is so good and I remember I made it for my friends in college and my best friend was like no your macaroni and cheese is like the best like I will put it up against my mom's and I was like (laughs) but like and she, she uses like a bechamel sauce with like Velveeta cheese and I don't want anyone to say anything about Velveeta cheese I love Velveeta cheese but like I think that's Listen, I, get I agree. It. It's process. I get it, but it it contributes to that creaminess of macaroni and cheese and the saltiness. We and, had an argument about this. Richard already knows. <laughs> you know, I don't eat processed foods. Like I, I'm, I don't eat processed food. I think that's what what real like. This is another topic for another day. But like, especially with Black people, like we're not supposed to have processed foods. Like it doesn't digest well in our systems, really anyone, like especially Black people. Because if you think about it, back in the day, we weren't eating all that shit. So we're not supposed to eat dairy, even though I I love dairy. But like- cheese, come on. Like cheese, like I love cheese. Like I love milk, like all that. But like, we, like, that's why we're so strong. Like, if you think about it, that's why we are such a strong, like, race. Like, in general, look at basketball, soccer, track. Like, we're strong people. And so, like, you're not eating that processed food back in the day. Like, you're not doing that. But whatever. That's a total different topic. But, yeah. You better defend our people. Let's go. (laughs) We are a function of what we eat. When you eat good, you feel good. When you eat good, you feel good. And that's, like, I, I even lost weight during quarantine because like I wasn't getting lunch from you know this not like the regular lunch places at work or like not traveling as much so like I was cooking all of my food and that's how I learned how to cook is like my mom doesn't cook with process so and I get it like not everyone has that liberty and I totally understand that and that's another topic for another day because like food deserts are real so it's like Mm. something that's all you have but um, so yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. But yes, it all goes back to your level. It don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I saw today is there was this. I'm giving them a shout out. This Instagram account account called The Hood Needs, and I don't know if you've all seen The Hood Needs. Like ultimately saying like The Hood Needs this. The Hood Needs. Oh, that. okay, okay. The hood and needs. this, I, I, and particularly this, I don't even know if I said that right. My words is off. It's been a long day. One of the things that I noticed is it said the hood needs Trader Joe's. Now, granted, I love my Trader Joe's. I just do. I've realized that there are certain things that they have, like the sweet plantain chips. Jarrell knows. He's, I gave him a bag and he's hooked. He's like, huh, huh, God. But they are good. They're very good. Yeah, but you can't find a Trader Joe's in Detroit. Oh, really? No, not at all. You can find them in Metro Detroit. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But, like, you can't really find the Whole Foods over on, you know, over on the east side, over on the west side. You'll find one in Midtown, you know, down the street from Wayne State University or right. someplace like that, like in the heart of the city. But you can't go far east or far west and go to a Trader Joe's. Right. The best thing you might find is Aldi somewhere. 
And there's nothing wrong with Aldi's. There's nothing wrong with Aldi's. Well, and that's the thing. There, there's this misconception because depending on what Aldi you go to, depending on what neighborhood you go to, they're more stocked with certain things versus other locations. Right. To me, that's kind of trash. But from the standpoint of, and you kind of touched on it already about in terms of accessibility, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that more people would be into cooking if they had access to different types of food or like different types of produce, et cetera? For sure. For sure. Because, I mean... I get I don't I get emotional talking about it because like there's so many people who don't have access. Here's my thing about Trader. Okay, I love Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's, but I don't think every neighborhood should get one. Because I love listen disclaimer. I love Trader Joe's, but like I haven't shopped there in months like months mm -hmm. and the reason being is because if you go to your local grocery store and you just look for fresh ingredients and you can choose organic or you can choose you know low sodium or something like that but there's a lot of great things in your local grocery store that you don't need to go to a specialty store for like mm. there's if you just look at the bottom shelf instead of Okay, so like the way they design grocery stores is is to shop for um like the easy the easy stuff. So let's say I'm using this example because like I'm thinking about it. So if you're in the grocery store and you're in the Italian, not the Italian, but like the tomato sauce section. So all of the tomato sauce that is full of processed shit is right in front of you. So it's like um it's eye level. So they don't want you to look at the tomato paste, which is pure tomatoes or down below, which is the whole tomatoes of how I make um, fresh tomato sauce for like spaghetti or like ravioli or whatever. They want you to get, and I get it, it's consumerism, but they want you to get the shit that's pre-packaged, pre not pre-packaged, but it's like, it's in the bottle. It has all the sugar, it has all the sodium, it has all the preservatives. And then, but no one's telling you to get the shit. Like, look at the tomato paste and look at the whole tomatoes because those are just whole tomatoes steamed. There's, mm -hmm. there's nothing in them. So it's like, I haven't shopped at Trader Joe's, not because like, one, I don't feel like going down to downtown Brooklyn, but also so I don't- You gotta go down, so that's my point. You gotta go downtown. You gotta go downtown, but also like, oh, there's a lot of processed foods in Trader Joe's too. Right. Because like those frozen food sections are- they're amazing. I, listen, when I was broke and shit, like I was eating all them Trader Joe's frozen meals. Cause I was like, this $5, I'm fine with it. I can live off this for two days. But like, it's all processed, mm -hmm. processed. Like yeah. Trader Joe's does have some gr great meat selections, great low sodium, like canned beans, like not, not a lot of preservatives, if, if any, but it's like, it sucks because it's like, it's all with within racism and all this shit, but it's like food deserts are real. They're real. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I feel like a lot of people don't have access or a lot of people don't try different cuisines or, or types of foods because they're not 
given that access. Right. You mentioned a phrase called food deserts. For yeah. those people at home, can you kind of quickly define what a food desert is? So it's, no, I might not be the best person to describe it because I'm the worst person. You to are the subject matter expert for all things food right now. now yeah. You got this. So a food desert is where in a particular neighborhood, there's not a grocery store or some type of place to purchase foods to cook or whatever. And that might not be the best explanation, but in like a mile, two mile radius. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? If you look at a lot of like um, low income housing or, you know, projects or stuff like that, you can't, you can't find a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Like if you really think about it, like, cause that's how it is in New York. That's how it is in DC. Like you can't find a grocery store. You have to travel. And so these kids are, they're left to the bodegas. They're left to like the corner stores that sell like, like my boyfriend, he taught a cooking class. Cause he's a great cook too. Great cook. Oh, he's, yeah. a great, he's a great cook. Y'all ever have cook-offs? No, because I always cook. Because I'm always Aww. like, I, he makes, he's Senegalese, so he makes a really great yasa. Like, it's amazing. But he taught a cooking class, I think it was 2019 or whatever. And I remember, like, I think one of the kids, like, walked in with, like, it was, like, chips and, like, or, like, the spicy, the hot, the hot link that you get from the gross, from the gas station and, like, the pickle. That's delicious. Back in the day, it was delicious. But like, mm-hmm. that's all she could get. Mm-hmm. It's all she could get because that's all that's around there. And so it's like, damn, like, I don't know, it's just, it blows my mind. Like, it blow, like it's so sad and like, yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of similar in some parts of Detroit. I know when I was growing up and going to middle school, um, our breakfast of choice <laughs> was hot Cheetos and uh, Mountain Dew. So yeah. it's it's similar in, in many different God. urban environments to the point where even our principal would uh, ban hot Cheetos and pop yeah. for lunch. And we had to eat the actual lunch that the school served. And if you brought hot Cheetos, you would confiscate them. So yeah, it's, it's like that in urban environments in America, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. but it's like they want, I don't know if it's the government or, because we can go to a whole rabbit hole. But like, mm-hmm. for real, because like, why are there like once you see a Whole Foods pop up, you're like, all right, there goes the neighborhood. But then it's like these people who've been living in the neighborhood can't afford it. Yeah. I can't afford Whole Foods. Like, I don't want to pay twelve dollars for two chicken. You know, like it's like. <laughs> I don't know. It's just fucking wild. It, it blows my mind. And that was my initial response to it. It's just that, yes, you can say that the hood needs a Trader Joe's. You can say that. But there's so many layers behind it that, and you helped us unpack a lot of them already. There's so many layers as to why you don't necessarily, the hood doesn't necessarily need a Trader Joe's. Like you said, maybe they actually need an Aldi because they have really affordable and good food products, et cetera. Like, you can get your good fruits and vegetables. You can get your good meats and everything from there. Yeah. My wife and I shop there all the time. We make all these great. All, all these. I used to shop there when I lived in Harlem because I think there's only one in New York, but all these great. Yeah, and you know, 
I haven't gained the COVID-15, you know what I'm saying? So we good. Um, so at the end of the day, like, it's truly, it, it's one thing to say you, you want those boo, considered bougie things in your inner cities, but are we really ready to do that? Because that's going to introduce a whole new layer because the only thing that's going to happen is continued gentrification of, you know, these neighborhoods. And it's like, oh, like you mentioned, here goes the neighborhood because you see yeah. uh, Becky Sue walking down the street or you see, you know, Jake you know, from State Farm living around the corner from you. And now all of a sudden, this store is populated, overpopulated with who? Majority yeah. white people, majority yeah. whatever, majority privileged people. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you can say the hood needs to trade the shows, but in all actuality, the hood just needs more, more affordable, more accessible foods and grocery stores. Yeah. And I think that's right. the greater discussion. And I think that if you had more of those in the inner city, you could encompass an environment that's not going to a liquor store every five minutes to go get some, as my dad used to call them, some hot chips. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can actually go to the store, cook all these things, you know, prepare for the week. You, you know, you can get in the kitchen and make what you want to do. You're not just making nothing yeah. wrong with ramen, but you're not in the kitchen every five minutes making right. some more ramen new. If there's more to life than just but also, that. even if you get the ramen packet, because there's times where I get the ramen yep. packet, I throw that processed seasoning away and I throw vegetables and like some chicken stock and I have homemade ramen instead Listen. of the- the fast one that has all that sodium and my mom you know was huge on that she would get some shrimp she would cut up some green onions she'll at the time she would get like some of those uh those great tomatoes you know quick cut boom next thing you know this ramen i'm sitting here like at first Right, right. Yeah. It's like, how did you make all that happen with just one little pack of chicken flavor maruchin? Like, yeah. But yeah. there's so many things. If you like, we just talked about. If you have easy access to those simple ingredients, you can turn a part a little little corner boy that you know used to just hurry up and try to let me go get these hot chips because no, I can't take the junk in the house. My daddy kill me. Mm-hmm. You go from that to. Now you 10 years old, 12 years old, you're watching your parents cook. Now they're embracing you to, you go ahead and cut these onions this time. It's that and third. And you're building that self-confidence. You're building all those things. So now it's like 19, 20, you were like, man, look, that's not yeah. I can I can grill the bro me a steak. It ain't no problem. I got this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm glad you can answer that. So I, I hate to put you in the pressure, but no, I believe it's time for a pressure test. Okay. And no, this is not like the pressure test from like Hell's Kitchen or nothing. No. Okay. <laughs> Even yeah. though Gordon Ramsay's actually my uncle. You just didn't know. Oh, and no. he's not. <laughs> <laughs> but that's funny. Friends are calling me. I can't talk. Um, so with that being said, I'm just going to throw some things out there and you have to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Sorry. Texting. Sorry. I'm ready. Yes. You sure you ready? Yes. I'm ready. I put my phone down. Yes. Okay. Favorite shoes. Ah! 
Pre-COVID or COVID? Both. I love my Nike tailwinds. Yes, come on, Nike. I love my Nike. They're so comfortable. Is that um, pre-COVID or COVID? COVID. That's pre-COVID. My favorite ones, COVID. I'm not like a sneakerhead. I've gotten a lot better because I would like I would wear one shoe and rock it until it the wheels fell off. Um. Um. Post COVID, not it's not post COVID. During COVID, I love these Nike running shoes. I don't know. My boyfriend got them for me, so I'm like I love them just because they're comfortable. We got the same. You got to show us later. I want to see what these are. Yeah. I'm a fake sneakerhead. I tell Jerome this all the time. He don't believe me because I have a whole shoe rack, all these different like maybe almost twenty pairs of shoes. And I'm like some of them need to get thrown away. Like that's not really twenty pairs of shoes. Yeah. Anyway, you cheating. You're getting away from your your okay, lesson here. Sorry. Favorite self-care activity besides cooking? A bath. A bath. Fair. Go in or stay out? Stay in. Fall Wait, pre-COVID? Or- oh, no! <laughs> I love a good Fall. day party. I love a good day party. Okay. So what about currently in COVID? Your favorite? Stay- oh, stay in. Stay in. Okay, cool. Fall or spring? Spring. Snow or sunlight? sun but like not hot sun i i hate the snow okay okay but not hot like wait so you like the sun but you don't like the sun sun i don't like the sun <laughs> sun like unless i'm on vacation i don't like the sun sun okay winter or summer summer okay my birthday's in the summer good answer um charcoal grills or gas grills charcoal Yes, thank you, Sparkle. Jesus. There's not oh. that taste. You can't like, you can't. I'm sorry. If I'm gonna use the gas grill. I might as well use my stove. Anyway, home cooked or order out? Home cooked. But also, are you sure you hesitated? Because it depends. <laughs> like it depends. It depends. Like if you're like, because like in my house we do Friday night grandma slice, so we always get grandma slice pizza on Fridays and it's like the best thing ever it's like you have wine or beer and then we have our grandma slice so it just depends mm. but home cooked nine times out of ten okay I'm throwing the audible favorite beer I don't like there is this <laughs> beer I'm not really a beer drinker but there is this beer with lime. It's not Corona. It's not like the, but it's like, it's like, it's like one of those like Brooklyn, like hippie beers, but it's, I forget. It's called, it's like a, I don't know. I'm not a beer drinker. I'm a wine or tequila drinker. I was going to say, so this next one should be easy. What your favorite wine? Sauvignon Blanc. There it is. <laughs> um, hip hop R&B. R&B. Okay. Uh, favorite condiment? Ooh. Mayo. What's that? <laughs> Manny? Do you think oh, it's French fries and mayo? mayo. Like, I was like, like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Wait, actually, mayo. Because you can do a lot of things with mayo. And I I've like seen you do a lot of things with mayo. Have you ever yeah. dipped your French fries in mayo? Like, what? How they doing yes. 
I love mm-hmm. the French fries and mayo. Yeah. See, so, Richard thinks that's weird. I've done it before too, but see, I can't do it with a card. <laughs> my dad used to actually put mayo on like his hot dogs, and I was very confused why he did it. Yeah, I, thought, mm, I mean, to each his own. <laughs> he was also like, anyway, I miss my dad. Anyway, <laughs> uh, pop or soda. Isn't that the same thing? You gotta choose one. What do you prefer? Soda. Pop or soda? Soda. Because y'all Midwest people say pop. And that's why we <laughs> asked the question. <laughs> know where your ass from. Anyway, what do you dip your fries in? You already said it. Is that the only thing? But, or ketchup with hot sauce in it. Ooh, see, just add a hot sauce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why you came up with the name. No. Oh. You have to choose between this hip hop meal. Hip hop. Okay. <laughs> Chicken and beer, also known as ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Or the biggie. Do you know what the biggie is? I feel like you should know what the biggie is. The biggie. T bone steak, cheese, eggs, and which is great. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a, a, a biggie? Chicken and beer. Chicken and beer. You said you didn't like beer. You have survived. Congratulations. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> with that, um, if people want to get in contact with you, whether it be to set up a cooking class or just mm-hmm. follow some of your amazing recipes, how do people find you or get in contact with you? I am on Instagram, just add hot sauce underscore because Instagram is hating and they <laughs> <laughs> um, and also you can contact me via my website um just add hot sauce.com and you can find all recipes there. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. And I have to finally add. Yeah. Awesome. I was looking. And I was sad I couldn't be there because I know you had a special Valentine's Day cooking class. Yeah. And I saw like a bottle of wine and I was just like, damn, I missed. Yes, everyone got a bottle of wine. Everyone got a bottle of wine. What kind of wine? It was Michael Lavelle. It is a black owned rosé. Amazing. Some of the guys went to an HBCU, so very good. Other than that, the rosé is really, really good. It's a really, like, crisp, like, refreshing wine. It's really good. Okay. You're going to have to put me on. I want to try some of this. Even though I didn't make the class. Yeah. I still want to try the wine, so we're going to have to connect and shout out to them. Got you. Thank you. We love you, man. We appreciate you hopping on with our crazy selves. Thank you. And Thank you for thinking of me. I really, I, I can talk about mental health all day. So, and that's what we need. We need more people to have real conversations about mental health, and not just being plain Jane with it. We need real discussion. So, yeah, um, we appreciate you. And with that, that will wrap up this episode of the Mental Matters Podcast, where we talk about all things that include jerk chicken, but also improving your mental health <laughs> and not being afraid to talk about it. Um, for ways to get in contact with us, check out our website at www.mentalmatterspot.com. Um, we are on social media, more properly on Instagram, even though it do be hating with these algorithms. 
It does. <laughs> Facebook, does. Twitter. Uh, you can stream us on SoundCloud, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and even Apple Podcasts and more to come. So with that being said, Jarrell, what do you want to leave the people with before we get out of here? Uh, go on just add hot sauce underscore on Instagram and do what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the spatchcock jerk. Spatchcock jerk chicken. Oh, <laughs> that's what we tried this weekend. Cool. Yeah. Hey, Jarell, my man. Let me know. <laughs> For yeah. sure. In fact, I did not know what spatchcock was until my uncle, who I share a, I just met this uncle. It's very random, but he actually lives in Washington, D.C. as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, he taught me what spatchcock was. And I think, I, I'm trying to think if he told me what it was first and we had a conversation later. I know now. <laughs> Thanks, Terrell. Show me on the screen. I can't um, stop staring at it. It's beautiful. Thank you. Oh, dude, she gets, she be sitting there with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if it was you, Alex, that put me on. Was like yes, or my uncle that told me. But I feel like I had a conversation with one of y'all about spatchcock, and I was like, "What the hell is spatchcock?" It's crazy. literally just cutting the bone out. Wow. Yeah. So yes, I, I think that I'm gonna add that to my to do list this year, but only after I see if uh, Jarrell can master this recipe first, because you are the master behind the recipe. So we're gonna see if Jarrell. Oh, he has. He makes jerk chicken, so I'm sure that it's. I'm sure his recipe's probably better than mine. Well, you know, I got it. I'll be the judge of that. That's how we do. Yeah. So with that being said, we love you all. That's it. We love you all. Stay up. Stay warm. Stay hot if you're in a hot place. If you are, I can't stand you. I'm jealous. And um, and all black people need therapy. That's how we wrapping up. Take care. All black people need therapy. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much.